Welcome to Blurry Creatures. Today we have a fun show. We've got uh, two guys from Idaho. I'll let them tell you how much uh, personal information they want to share about themselves. Who've had some crazy encounters. Some creatures follow them home, Luke. Jumping on their roof, scaring the tar out of them and their family. And uh, we got this email. We're like, we got to make this happen. We got to hear this story. And uh, they they agreed to come on the show and then share their encounters. Yeah, and you you like to call this the creature feature. I like to call it Blurry Creatures Encounters. And we haven't decided yet what it's going to be, but... When you talk about hotspots, I, I do believe you guys are in in one of the epicenters that we have. And you talk about missing 411 and the mass amount of people that go missing in this country and also the sightings that happen in your space. I'm just really, really happy to have you guys on to talk about your own experience being locals on the ground and being firsthand witnesses to what to what can happen in the crypto space. Well, guys, it's a it's a straight up honor for us to be here, to be able to come out to Blurry Creatures. Well, so we live in Twin Falls, and it's you know a city of about 60,000 people, and it's built. the The city sits right on the edge of the canyon rim of the Snake River Canyon, and the Snake River Canyon is actually the deepest gorge in America. There's some there's some spots that are deeper than Grand Canyon. I mean, it's just this massive, massive canyon, and just north of Twin Falls, maybe 20 minutes or so, are the lar- largest lava cave system in the world. So they're just massive. So there's a lot of cool stuff. And, you know, maybe about an hour and a half, two hours or so is Skinwalker Ranch, which is pretty cool. It's not too far from where we live. And in, and we think about it, we're like, man, we live in like in the hot spot. And I'll get into this in a little bit, but even the missing 411, the first documentary film was like an hour from my house. And so when I had this encounter here in Twin Falls, I really wasn't educated on it. I really didn't know what was going on. And I just started Googling and YouTubing. And I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, we're like surrounded by everything. It's nuts. So So you guys didn't, you didn't grow up believing in Bigfoot or any of that stuff? No, we did. I did, but it was, I never had a a firsthand encounter with these things. It was just like my family seeing them and my family telling us stories. So we grew up knowing that that there was something out there. And, you know, what got me into it as a kid, because, you know, I lived in, I lived in Texas um, a lot of my life in Hayes County, um, which is just outside of Austin. My, I have, my family's also from Michigan. They lived over there. But um, as a kid, my uncle, who lives in Twin Falls now, told me this story 
when he was a teenager in Texas and, and Hayes County, it's really swampy. And there's a, I mean, it's just, it, it's kind of spooky looking, but he says that he was driving down the street, this little back road with his friends as they were teenagers and they were uh, smoking weed. They're getting high, like teenage, you know, they're teenagers just doing their thing and they pull over in the, on, in the, on the side of this dirt road in the middle of nowhere. And he says their windows are rolled down It's summertime and, and they're, and they're rolling one up and they're, telling jokes and having a good time. And he says he's on the passenger side in the front and there's reeds right outside his window. He says that a Bigfoot, something with huge hands just opened up the reeds, right? And, and stuck its head right where my uncle's face was. And he says it, it looked at him. He says he locked eyes with it and it looked at everybody in the car like it was sizing them up. And then it, it kind of did like this little noise, like a hoof noise. And it just let the reeds back and it walked away. And he says it was about a foot from his face that, that he's that he seen that it was bent down because he could see the shoulders and like his elbows up. And it looked at him and he said it had a big scar on his face. And he says he, he says he was pretty traumatized and nobody believed them because they were smoking weed. That they were getting high. <laughs> and, and he told me this as a kid, as we're living in that area. And so that was like the first thing that really intrigued me and and i just was a believer ever since because this guy was wasn't telling um a lie like he he was really serious about it. he wasn't laughing or anything well, we've had three guests from texas so far um most of the guys were talking about giants but they've all had encounters so texas seems to be a hot spot especially east texas it's really known for aggressive encounters actually so yeah i mean how old were you when this happened or you were like when, when he told me this story i was probably about seven or eight years old yeah usually Depending, you can tell when you're a kid if adults lying to you or not. So I'm sure it was probably like, oh, dang, you know, these things exist. So then you moved from Texas to Idaho? Well, I, yeah, I, I kind of came back and forth my whole life. You know, my family was spent a couple years in Idaho, a couple years in Texas. And then we just came back and forth. And in 2008, I just stayed here. I met my wife here in 2008. And we just kind of hunkered down here in this area. So... I moved here in this neighborhood in 2018, so it's fairly new. And there's a, it's right, so the can, the large canyon breaks off into several small canyons. And that small portion is by my house. So we go, my wife and I go walking just to check out the canyon rim. It's beautiful. People go, you know, bike riding and family walks and all that. And <laughs> And uh, there was a house closest to it. And I asked the gentleman outside, I'm like, hey, is there a way to walk down there? And he's like, no, there's not. And so, I, but I go anyway, and I find a little trail. So I go about halfway down and that's it. And I come back up. And about a week later, the city put up a big old fence with uh, welded posts, um, metal poles and stuff. Like, it was really awkward. So I told, I told my friend about it, and he says, we should go and go down there and investigate it and I'm like all right why he's like why would they block it off and the the week that you ask about it and go down there and so we start talking about it about going there and a couple nights before um I heard a, a cow being like freaking slaughtered down there bro wow. and there, the livestock commission is on the other side of the canyon so there's cattle they let them graze down there and stuff and so we're hearing the this cattle be the some cows. It sounds like he's being eaten alive, bro. Honestly, he's just screaming bloody murder. And and I, it's in a. I live on the outskirts of town, but it's still 
I mean, there's still houses all around, right? And then just, just past me is all country and it, and it just goes out. So we go down there and we go in the daytime and we don't plan on staying till it's nighttime or anything like that. So we don't take flashlights. So we start walking down there and, and we drive my car cause it's down the street and we, we hike down and we start walking. And then maybe about 30 minutes, 40 minutes into the walk, we're going east at this point, we hear this growl, this loud growl, and to me, and to both, to both of us sound like a mountain lion, like a big mountain lion. So we're like, whoa, what's a mountain lion? Like, and we're looking for cryptids because we've been hearing of reports. We heard of stories, all this stuff down there. So we go in there with intentions to see if we can see tracks or whatever. So we hear this growl, and as we're backing up, about 10 foot, 12 foot up this tree is just shredded, bro. Like it, like somebody took a chainsaw to it and, and it looks like grizzly did it, but there's no grizzlies here in this part of Idaho. So we, we go the other way, we back up and we start going the other way and we're talking, having a good time. And before we know it, it's dark, bro. And in the Canyon, it gets darker quicker than up here on, on, you know, because it's, it's in the Canyon. And so before we know it gets dark and he's the only one with a gun. I have a pocket, a freaking pocket knife on me, bro. And he's got, he has like a 41 Magnum and we're, ma we're making jokes. I'm like, man, I tell him, I hope this thing likes white meat and not brown meat because, <laughs> you know, the odds, you know, because I'm <laughs> Hispanic. And so we start walking and we get down there and there's an area in the canyon where the tr it's a canopy of trees. And so you have the moonlight and then you get in a certain part it's just the covered. You can't see anything, man. And and we get in there, and 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 I we start hearing like rustling in the bushes and stuff. And for me, I'm like a novice to this, bro. So I'm thinking worst case scenario, but I'm trying to hold it together because this is like our our first time, just me and him going out on this investigation. And so we're going, and it's um, big black mass on the side of the trail. And and um and for me, I'm like it's it's a stump. It's uh, it has to be uh, like a little tree or something, a bush, and and I'm walking, I'm looking at it, and it's blacker than black, it's blacker than the darkness around it, and it and it just run, it just moves really fast on the side of the of the trail on two legs because I could tell it's on two legs, and it's massive, and and I'm and I'm thinking my heart drops and I'm like no bro my my um my eyes are playing tricks on me or whatever. And I didn't say anything and like literally a second pass and he says it just crossed in front of us and I freaking flipped out, bro. And How far I are you guys it. from home at this point? I'm probably, we're literally, the canyon's probably about 300 yards from my house. So we're from my house, we're probably about maybe a mile and a half or so. At this time, what are you guys thinking this is? Well, we've heard of the Bigfoot um, reports in this whole canyon system. It goes to Utah, Nevada. It goes all over. It goes for hundreds of miles and all the little breakoffs. And so we're like, man, this, it goes to Logan Canyon. It connects there to Utah. So we hear all these Bigfoot reports. So we go down there just seeing if we can see evidence or whatever. So this huge creature passes in front of us and I try to run and he like tells me, Hey, don't run. You know, you can't run, man. So it starts like break. We could hear like, like twigs or not even twigs, like trees, branches breaking and bushes moving and all that and it sounded like it was more than one 
it sounded like we were surrounded basically. So we start backing up and we, we start going back to, to my vehicle. But it's, a, it's a, like I said, it's probably like 45 minutes away. And so we're walking and whatever it is in front of us is just pissed off. And we could hear it like, like I said, just making a bunch of rustle following us out. But it never came, it never uh, showed itself out of the bushes and the little trees or whatever. And so we backed out of there and it never came out of the canopy, bro. That's what freaked us out because we came out of the canopy and the moonlight lit up the the bottom of that canyon and it, whatever it or they were stayed in the canopy of the trees, they wouldn't come out. And so we hightailed it out and we jump in, we walk up, we get to my, to my SUV and we come to my house and we sit in the man cave I'm in now. And I, we pop open a bottle of whiskey and we start talking like, dude, what the hell just happened, bro? We're like, did that just happen? I'm, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, dude, it's down the street from my house. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And, and so that was the first part of it, which personally I don't think is the scariest part of it because this thing, whatever it was, followed me home, bro, or it, tracked, it either tracked me, followed me. I don't know exactly what happened, but, but, but stuff got really weird at my house, man, really weird. You guys come back and you guys regroup in the man cave. And at this point, what's your first thought? I mean, you guys think this is a Bigfoot? Do you guys think yeah, this? That, that's what we were talking about. We, we thought it was a Sasquatch. We're like, we're like, oh, snap. You know, we, we thought we saw a Bigfoot. Whatever it was, it was massive. The hair was darker than the dark around it, right? And yeah. we're to cross the trail. So the trail is actually like a road down there. And then the, the tree line starts about maybe 10 feet on each side of the trail. And this thing crossed it, bro, like you wouldn't believe. So we, we believe that it was, like, honestly, like it was a Bigfoot. What In our minds, that's what we saw. Mm. This reminds me of that scene in Pee-wee's Big Adventure when they flip the <laughs> lights on and they see all the creatures. Dude, how do you work it in a Pee-wee's Big Adventure reference right now? This is incredible. Something you need to understand where this canyon enters into city limits and leaves city limits is a, is a city park. It's a paved path and it's maintained by the city. There's picnic tables, there's places to go swimming, fishing. People are down there all the time. But we find ripped up clothes on the other side of the creek, ripped up shoes. So just understand that your listeners know that this is a maintained city park where we were at. So this isn't like in the middle of nowhere. You're talking about some place that's traffic. No, and, and the thing is, bro, like we live in the high desert. So we go down to this canyon and it looks like it's the freaking Amazon. I mean, it's crazy. Lord it, of the Rings. If you ever seen like the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings with these giant trees and all that. I mean, it's nuts down there. It, it really is. And there's that viral video that just went uh, on YouTube. The, the guy in Utah where the cougar was chasing him back for like five minutes. Uh, I, I, I toured a lot and I played music. So I've been around a lot of these places. And for those listening, like this can happen. You can have these creatures literally right on your doorstep coming into your backyard. They, they, do you think they're building those fences around your neighborhood because they knew the activity was going on? Is that what you guys think? Because of what I do 
and people I know. I was contacted by a city councilman because he knows Dr. Meldrum up in Pocatello. Dr. Meldrum is a, a foot doctor for primates. That's all I know what to call him. Yeah, I mean, Jeff's been on our show. He's a, he's a good dude. He's yeah. the foremost foot expert. Yeah. Great beard. You got to trust the guy. <laughs> you got to trust the beard. And so I've had conversations with a good doctor and great guy. He invited me up to see his personal collection. Well, this city councilman contacted me, how he knew me and what I don't know. But he says, I want to talk to you about some of this stuff and what's going on in the city. So for Lobo to talk about them, the city putting up these fences, I can see that somebody knows something's going on. So- yeah, that he's, he's right on because he's saying is that the city commissioner in Twin Falls, one of the commissioners in Twin Falls told him that he was going up to talk to Jeff Meldrum and to view his cast and all that. And so for them to put that fence up, like they, they know something's up, like something as weird is going on here. I, maybe I can talk about this after we get into the second part of this. But so basically what happened when this, we saw this creature we thought was a Bigfoot, my wife, um, she tells me a while afterwards, and, th- and this is already wintertime here in Idaho. And, and if you guys never experience uh, Idaho winter, when the blizzards are rolling, you could have somebody pull up in your front yard in your garage, in your driveway, honk their horn, and you can't hear them because of the gust of the wind and the snow and all that. It's nuts. So she tells me that she felt like a thump wake her up at night, and she said she woke up and she said she could hear something walking on top of my roof, right above our bedroom, and she said she was frozen in fear that she couldn't move but she could hear it. She could hear it walking. And then she, she tried to wake me up, but she couldn't move. And she was like confused. Is this a dream or not or what? And then a little bit of time went on. And then, so she just went back to bed. She didn't hear anything else. She went back to bed and she tells me in the morning when I wake up, she's like, Hey, she's like, uh, I think something loud was on our roof last night. And I, I don't know too much about Bigfoot at this point. So I go outside. She tells me, like, she heard it walking around, and, and it sounded big and heavy. So I go outside, and it was snowing. And I look on my roof, and I see these tracks on my rooftop. But they're covered, they're covered in snow because it was snowing. And I'm just – I'm like, what the heck? So, something was on my roof, you know? And I looked to, to the left of me and my, the house to the left going towards the canyon. Like, again, I said, I'm, I'm not that far from the canyon. It has tracks, too, what looks like tracks. And then the house, like three houses down. And I can't look farther than that, but it looks like tracks. And so I'm, like, freaking out, like, what the hell? And I'm like, no, I must be tripping or it's a squirrel. Or, you know, my mind is doing, trying to find and rationalize it. And you don't have chimney sweepers in Idaho, so. <laughs> And that's funny and that and and the thing is like my house bro is i have vaulted ceilings and so i i, I was like how how is something gonna get up there i'm like looking around i'm like what what can jump up there i'm like maybe it was a owl or a bird because it's like it's it's like tw- at least 20 foot high bro how long was your guys's encounter between your guys's encounter in the canyon and this roof encounter well this one what i remember 
I specifically remember my friend falling over a fence <laughs> and this fence down there in the canyon, it said no trespassing. And um, he said, let's go past, let's, let's go cross it. And I'm, and I'm thinking it says no trespassing. And for what he does as a federal investigator, he's like, let's just go. And so we go and I remember him tipping over and seeing snow, like, like frost on there. So I know it had to this, the first incident when it got on my roof was in November. So I'm thinking it had, it was in the winter time. It had to have been really cold. So it wasn't maybe two weeks or so. Okay. So you, you, you guys go down, you have your encounter and a couple weeks later, yeah. all of a sudden you guys start having activity mm. and yeah. you look up on the roof, you see it's not only going on your roof, it's going on your neighbor's roof and his roof. Did you talk to your neighbors and ask him if this creature woke them up? I, I was thinking about him like, well, how are you going to break that combo with people? Cause I was new to the neighborhood, all that, you know, the new guys like, Hey, the, did the creature was on your roof too? I was thinking about it, so I didn't say anything, man. Oh, so you and guys we, just moved in the neighborhood then? Yeah, we were we were just we moved here in 2018, and that okay. was the same year that this happened. I grew up on the West Coast. You don't know your neighbors as well out there. It's just a thing that that kind of goes on. Does your wife does she tell you like how big she thinks this thing is? Like, is it does it sound like something big on the well, roof or she, something? She said it sounded heavy, but she actually saw this creature, which I'll get into telling you guys here next. Like she. It, it showed itself. It's been showing itself. So she tells me this and I'm, and I'm freaking out. And, and I told her about her encounter in the Canyon, but I didn't get into details cause she doesn't mess with this stuff, bro. She doesn't really want to hear about it. She just like, she just doesn't want to do it, you know? So she told me this and so I go check it out and, and uh, another, so I'm on edge already and uh, another week or so passes and about three in the morning, something wakes me up. And so those of you guys listening, like, we don't just wake up for nothing at night. Like, something either thumps or something happens, and it caught my senses and it woke me up. And so I get up and I look and check the doors. They're locked. Check my girls. My, my daughters are sleeping in their rooms. And so I just kind of walk around the house, and I'm thinking about, like, what my wife told me a week, a week or whatever before. Like, she heard it on our roof. And then again, like, I wait till the morning, and I go outside. And there was, it was, it didn't snow that night, but there was still snow because it was wintertime. And there was those freaking tracks, fresh tracks, bro. And I seen them and my heart dropped because they were like, they looked like triangular shaped track, weird, very weird. So I took some pictures of, the, of those and I, and I sent them to you and I sent them to my friend. And again, dude, my roofs are like 20 foot high enough. So I'm freaking out. And I'm like, what has a capability? Either it's jumping or it's flying or what I'm, you know. So my mind goes to, it's that Bigfoot, you know, that creature we saw in the canyon. I'm like, dude, a Bigfoot followed me home. I mean, I live not far. So I, I send the pictures to, to my friend and, and we start talking. And he tells me, he goes, I don't think that was a, a Sasquatch, man. He goes, maybe it could have been a juvenile. He goes, maybe. He goes, but I think it was a dog, man. And when he told me that, I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Like a dog, man, you know? And so, so basically that's what happened with that. And I didn't see it. My wife didn't see it yet. And then it got really, it started getting really crazy, bro.
before you get into this next part of your story, I just want to say I saw a werewolf as a kid in my backyard. I think it was more supernatural, and I'm thinking what you guys are saying about them walking on roofs. I saw this as clear as day as a seven-year-old kid in the suburbs of Sacramento right near the American River, and I thought to myself, how is this creature in the suburbs of a city in the back window of my parents' house? And so for years, I wrote it off. I thought, nah, I must have just, you know, I was watching too many of those horror movies in the 80s. I didn't actually see this thing, but for years I wouldn't look out the back door of my parents' house when I would go from the TV room to the kitchen. And I'm hearing you say this, but it's given some context to my own story, what I've seen, what I've been through, and these things are terrifying. So talk about what your wife saw, because what what I saw burned a hole in my mind. I can still see the face. So my wife, she's outside, out in the back patio, and she's doing her stuff on her computer, and she comes into the man cave, and... And, we, and we've discussed it briefly, a little bit about what possibly could have been on the roof and about what we saw. But like I said, she doesn't mess with it at all, bro. So she comes to me, she tells me, and she says, hey, she goes, she goes, uh, she goes, I seen something in the backyard. She goes, it looked, she goes, a, a, a dog peeked its head across the fence. Um, she, and, I, and the first thing I'm like, dude, our fence is like seven, eight foot tall, right? And I'm telling her, I'm like, wait, 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 what did you see? And she says it was a black, she says it was a black German shepherd looking thing with a Doberman pincher, huge ears. She says she's seen it in the corner of her eyes. When she looked at it, she said it just like it either moved down so fast or it disappeared, like it just vanished. And so she was pretty freaked out about that. But she said it, lo- it looked like a, Do- um, a, sorry, a German shepherd, the face with the huge ears of a Doberman Pinscher and it was all black. And so again, I can't look over the fence if I jump, bro. Like, uh, you know, I tell people I got the short chubby Mexican issue where, you know, I got stairs in the back of my pickup to help me get up in the back of the bed. of that. (laughs) So I can't even look over. I can't look over my fence if I jump. So she told me she saw this and, and dude, I, and for me, when she said that she saw it, it was the absolute confirmation that this thing was something else because the, the tracks on the roof and what we saw in the Canyon, it was like, you know, okay, but to actually have my wife see this thing who doesn't even believe in it or doesn't know what it is or anything, you know? And, and so she told me that. And so I, I really got freaked out. And so, and it actually showed itself to my daughter, my, my oldest daughter is eight years old and we're going down the Canyon um, trail by my house and it's a beautiful bike trail like I said but she's going in front of me and there's a downward grade and the reason we do that is because if something happens if she gets hurt or or some something happens a you know wild animal or whatever if she's behind me you know I have to go uphill and run or whatever so she's in front of me I can just go straight to her so we're going and and she's about 20 30 feet in front of me and we're going down this grade but before we get to this grade, there's this German shepherd dog, a little pup that lives in that area. And on this canyon rim, there's homes. And, and there's no fences on this canyon rim. It's just like an open backyard. And so this little German shepherd we see all the time over there. So it's just a little, like maybe, you know, it was probably about, maybe under, you had to have been under a year, had the floppy ears and stuff. And so it never barks. It just watches us. It holds its little toy in its mouth. And it like wants to play and we just just keep going and when we crossed that bend it was barking and barking looking at that er- at a certain area and at that time i didn't think anything but anything about it so we go down and she's in front of me 
and she just she flies off her bike and rolls and there's like goat heads and stuff there she like rolls and she gets up and she takes off running towards those houses and by and she's like screaming i can't i don't i don't even hear what she's saying and by the time i get down there i um i see a I see like a black I see black fur in the bushes next to us and I hear the movement I hear like the bushes moving and I see the black fur that's all I see and she's crying and so I get off the bike and I'm running towards her and and she's like it was there it was there and she doesn't she didn't know anything about this bro and I'm like what would you see what'd you see she was like it looked like it wanted to get me she goes and then it looked at you and it ran in the in the in the bushes or whatever so, and I'm, and I'm asking her, well, what did you see? What did you see? What did it look like? She said, I think it was a black bear. She goes, it had the big ears. It had the mouth like a bear. And she said its neck was massive. I go, was it standing up, sitting down? Like, what was it? She, she goes, I don't know. I just seen its head and its neck. And she goes, it turned to me and it looked back at you and it ran back in. And she, but she emphasized the neck, how massive it was. And, and my thing, I thought about doing research on it. It's like there's some hyena type looking creatures out there that have, they are like a mane. It looks like they have a mane. So she says the neck was huge and it had a mane. So I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know what this thing was. I think it would, for me, it was like, I knew it was that creature, you know, she didn't know what it was. So I called the fishing game. We backed up. I called the fishing game. They came out, they came packing heat and he, and I took them out to the spot he wouldn't go in the bush. He wouldn't go in the bush, bro. But he told me, he goes, tell me where you, where you saw it and this and this. And out of nowhere, he tells me, um, have you heard about um, black dogs in the area? And I told him, I didn't hear, I didn't say anything about black dogs. Like, I didn't say anything about that. And, and my friend here tells me that's like a code for black dog is for dog man. And what is for the Bigfoot? Black cow black cow is for the Bigfoot, like wow. in, the, in the industry or whatever. So he tells me this and I'm like, I didn't say anything about a dog. And he goes, well, I just wanted to see if she mistook it for a Labrador or something. I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't think it was a Labrador. So he got close to it and he was looking around and he wouldn't go in though. And he goes, well, whatever it was, didn't leave tracks and they didn't leave hair. He, and, and the way he said it was like, it knew exactly where to show itself. There was no, there was no, it was like a little tunnel, you know, if, if you can think of underworld, bro, where they would travel and make these tunnels in the bush and stuff, that's kind of what it looks like. And he's like, it, it knew, it was like it was intelligent or something. That's the vibe I got from him because he goes, oh, it didn't leave no tracks. There's no mud or dirt right there. And he goes, and he, and he was looking around and he goes, there's nowhere the hair could get snagged. He goes, it might have been a black bear. I told him, I was like, well, she said it looked like a black bear. I didn't want to say, like, hey, it's a freaking dog, man. So he's like, oh, I'll talk to my supervisors and whatever. You know, we can't put traps right here because, you know, there's homes or whatever. That was my encounters with this creature here in my area, bro. The weird thing about these creatures is they often show themselves to females. They don't. It's like they feel more comfortable showing themselves to anything that isn't a male. Um, I heard that a lot. Well, so my daughter told me that she heard, um, she woke late at night, she woke up, and she said she heard tapping on, the, on her window, okay? And her window, I was like, wait a minute, like there's a person out there? She goes, no, it sounded like, like it was a rock. Somebody tapping with the rock. And my mind was like, it's a claw or nail hard. I was like, like a finger? Like somebody was tapping? She goes, no, no, it sounded like somebody picked up a rock and tapped on it. And she ran to our room. 
And so that right there was like, ooh. And so what I did was we w I have a plum tree in my backyard and I went and cut some uh, twigs and I made, a cro I made four crosses out of this, these twigs and I anointed them with anointing oil. And we prayed over these crosses and me and my family went to each corner of our property and we dug the holes and we put those crosses anointed with oil and we prayed over them all four corners of our property and since then we haven't had like yeah. on our property encounters bro like it's just nothing has yeah. happened since yeah. then the, the, the episode we talk about werewolves and vampires and dr judd talks about some crazy stories involving these creatures and all the spiritual connections to them goes all the way back to the disembodied spirits of the dead giants supposedly this stuff is real we talk about it a lot right here i've studied this my whole life yeah. Sorry, I didn't well, a lot of people don't know. A lot of people in the church don't know this stuff. This is this is a like our la our guest last week said. This is this is a narrative in the Bible that's been lost for the last fifteen hundred years, and for he said for some reason it's coming back. People are starting to talk about this stuff. Like I think cryptid mm -hmm. creatures are are starting to show themselves to people in 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 crazy numbers. This is happening more and more. There's there's several reasons why. Number one, we are in the last days, and that could be another two thousand years. Don't know. Right. I don't know the God's timetable. And number two, things are breeding more, more food supply. Like 150 years ago in Idaho, desert. Right. There was a guy, Ivy Prine, and other individuals that brought water to the surface. And we've got hundreds and hundreds of canals that made Idaho a Garden of Eden. And so where there's water, there's food, there's game it's gonna increase. So for at least Idaho, I'd like to share our Halloween encounter from last year. So, so Lobo Eye and Young Atlas is down in Rock Creek Canyon at midnight and Lobo is playing what we consider could be authentic um, vocalizations from some type of a dog man or a cryptid and the, do you know the, the, the famous siren call, the Bigfoot siren call? I think it was done in Washington State of an alpha male. We're, so we're down there, and my son is like, Dad, I don't have a good feeling about this. I said, you trust that, but we're here. And I'm, I'm packing an arsenal on me. We're okay. If there's going to be something there, if there's three of them, I'm happy to take them on. Because when I run out of shells, I've got a, a great blade and a machete. Mm-hmm. When I go out, I want to go out glorious like David did fighting the giant. That's the most glorious. Well, he didn't even go out there, though. I mean, he took out Goliath and his brothers. <laughs> so so we're down there, and we're hearing sounds. We hear something on the left and the right side of us running like a freight train through the bushes. It's You could hear it crashing trees and just – and whatever it is, excuse my language, it's peed off. It's not happy, or they're not happy. And I understand why later. So we're down there and we're hearing this and we get to the point where we saw that creature cross in front of us and we hear a kaplunk. And they said, what's that? I said, something just threw a boulder into the creek and there's no boulders in that canyon. It had to have been packed in. I'm, there's no boulders. And I've got my mag light and I'm looking and I'm looking and my son starts screaming like my, 10 year old girl can scream and he says i see it eh, i see it and he gets behind me and by that time i've drawn one firearm and lobo he draws his fire and he sees it 
And 40 feet from us, they see eye shine. This is young Atlas's description. He said, Dad, this thing was standing in the creek. We were about four feet above the creek, and this thing was almost eye level from us. And he says, Dad, when I'm looking at the eye shine, again, I've trained my children to pay attention to detail. He says, Dad, the thing's eyes had to be 9 to 12 inches apart. Lobo can tell you his, his description of it. And I immediately draw down, and I did not see it because it moved. We heard, we heard splash, splash, and it went through a, I think it was a, a blackberry patch. It just, it pummeled a path through this patch. So we're going out, and I said, guys, it's time to leave. And this is about 2 in the morning now. We got down there at midnight. This is about 2 in the morning. So we're leaving, and I said, let's go into the underbrush where we call uh, Fangor Forest or Fangor Forest. That's off of Lord of the Rings because these trees are so old and so so naughty and so gnarly that it looks like you're in the land of the Lord of the Rings. Like that. Because Lobo has had 14-inch tracks you found down there. Yeah, I sent him the picture. Yeah. I sent you the picture of that one too. And, and so we're looking through there. My son all of a sudden screams louder and I've never seen him so scared in his life and he jumps behind me and I turn around and 20 foot from us is a mule deer buck. It was a four point and if you would gut it and pack it out, it probably would have weighed about 200 pounds. It's a, that's a big deer, yeah. 20 feet from me. It's a big deer. And I look at its back leg and its back leg has been twisted like it was something grabbed it and twisted it. To pull it off there's no blood it's just flopping like this and my first thought is these things are on a hunt we interrupted a hunt this is dangerous I said let's just get the hell out of here Guns drawn, flashlights drawn. We were escorted out of the area. We got back to uh, my son's car, and he brought us to Lobo's Man Cave. And I don't know how much alcohol we drank, but we were there till <laughs> 5 in the morning. And I didn't let young Atlas have anything because he was the designated driver. But we got home and... So I, I got I to gotta ask then, like, I mean, this comes back to the like to the quintessential Bigfoot question, like is this animal or or spiritual or some kind of combination? Because again, that becomes always our, our discussion with, with, with cryptids is, is this a, if you're going to go bait something, is this fully animal? Or are we talking about something that could be interdimensional, something that has a very spiritual aspect? And I, I think like you're talking about, you know, in your gut, you can feel like there's there's a feeling when these things are around and it, it has to do with more than it, it being something that's threatening as an animal right i mean we know the difference between you know being scared of something physical and being scared of something that is beyond that right so i, I just got i gotta know what like when when you're there is does it feel like you're like you're around something that's like a you know could be a black bear or predator or you feel like you're around something that's that's I mean, maybe inspires more fear on a different level than that. I didn't feel that they were some kind of demonic thing that wanted to cause us harm. I felt that they were highly intelligent, highly organized. The sounds that we heard, I think, 
was a language. In my humble opinion and my limited experiences, I think there are different types of things. I think the red-haired giants of Lovelock Cave, which isn't too far from here, and the, the man-eating cannibals up in Jabij, I think those are a different being than the Sasquatch that we encountered. And so these particular beings, I think, were, I don't think they were from the race of the fallen. Honestly, bro, me being like, I'm like, I have a, a torn on my perspective of it. Like, I, I think this one minute, I think that another. Right. But yeah. honestly, now I can say that I still believe like there's a flesh and blood and there's a, a demonic or spiritual side and that there's ones that are just, you know, because they're jerks. There's some that are just jerks straight, like just like humans, right? The ones that are flesh and blood, there's some like, you know, his wife burnt his toast in the morning. So he's pissed off or whatever, you know, right. whatever, uh, you know, and then there's some that are spiritual. But the, the reason I say that is because how is it that they can appear and disappear, but at the same time they're eating meat and it's like, are, you know, are they interdimensional beings or like what, what is going on? So I'm always torn between that, but I do believe personally that there are physical beings and then the, there are, are manifestations of spiritual entities and, um, and, and even the manifestations of the, of the spiritual entities can do tangible things. They can do tangible things. Yeah. Also, I believe that the ones that are flesh and blood, that they also have paranormal um, properties or capabilities that we just don't understand. Like they can ESP or they can... You know, they could um, make you confused. They can speak to you. Right, mind speak. Flesh and blood. Yeah, we talk about we talk about mind speak when it comes to yeah. Bigfoot. And I, I think this man, I think you make a good point. Like, if if humans are are spiritual creatures, right, with an ability to to have a spiritual experiences and interact in the spiritual world, then there's a good possibility that some of these other things that are humanoid or different could also have the same sort of abilities. And honestly, I think that there, there's there's a lot to be said for for what Paul says in the Gospels, right? About how what we what is seen is more real than what or what is unseen is more real than what is seen. And there's a, a good possibility that we have an interaction between the spiritual realm and the physical realm, which would be just the fourth dimension and third dimension if you're talking about quantum physics. I think we've been dumbed down in our culture because the powers that be want to control things and they don't want this stuff out because it's all about power and the money my humble opinion i was gonna say like yeah i mean we, we we just interviewed a guy named gary wayne for about two hours the other day one thing that we talked about on that show is that you know these spirit beings could have come down and taken the form of whatever they wanted to mate with right so in my in my opinion i'm starting to form this opinion that whatever you're seeing out there it could have a spiritual father and an animal mother and so that's where you get the chimera creature. You you get the you get the supernatural and the physical. So so you're going into when all flesh was corrupt, and that's why God wiped out the earth. Yeah, Raymond, you're right though. I mean, because listen, if we're in the end times, it's supposed to be like we are in the days that'll be like, like the days of Noah. Of Noah. Right. Yes. I'm sold, boys. Like I need I need to come out. We need to come out and visit. We need to grab a couple cans with you guys. Have a couple bevies. And maybe go out into the canyon and see what we can find. 
Wow. Guys, thank you so much again for coming on our show and sharing your experiences. It must be terrifying to think about this in terms of this, these things jumping on your roof and these creatures just being in your backyard in general. But uh, we appreciate you guys coming on the show and being honest and vulnerable and sharing this. I know it's not easy. And I hope that we made you feel comfortable, even though we cracked a few jokes. We are serious. We believe you. And our hearts are there to like help people understand what's going on on the fringes. And if this stuff's coming in your backyard and jumping on your roof, obviously we're not making light of the situation. So with that, if you've had an encounter out there, and you're listening to this show, and you're like, you've seen something that you can't explain, and you want somewhere to go and be able to talk about it, shoot us an email, blurrycreaturespodcast at gmail.com, or... You can hit us up at Blurry Creatures on most social media and send us a message and uh, we'll try our best to uh, help you out. And uh, maybe we can come on the show and tell tell our listeners your experience. But thanks for listening to the first ever Blurry Creatures Encounter Stories where someone out there listening to our show hit us up and said, hey, this is happening to me. On the ground, firsthand experience. Appreciate you guys. Week after week, downloading the show, giving us a rating and uh, helping us move up in the algorithms and getting this show out to more people. And hopefully you love what you're hearing. We enjoyed this episode. And thanks again, guys. Can't say thank you enough for uh, being willing to come on and and help us uh, launch this part of our podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah, guys. All right, guys. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Take care. See y'all. You too.